this sport i may not watch much of it but i promise you this baseball is gonna die before we do how about that the mlb is gonna be dead i think that it's entirely possible it's a great point that you bring up because as i'm sure everybody heard the news they could not come to an agreement the players and the owners so the question is now begged Will there be an MLB season? Will it be shortened? The answer to that is yes already, because they could not come to an agreement by their, quote, deadline. They've already canceled opening day. Spring training, who knows? I don't know if spring training will happen before opening day was scheduled. But they've they've already said opening day, not going to meet that. And then the first two series, not going to meet that. So you're talking six, seven baseball games after opening day are not going to be scheduled to be played on time. So you can take March 30th and move it back at best case scenario for baseball fans to about April 10th. They play too many games anyways. Just my opinion. That's the problem. But Me as a sports fan, it's just like too many meaningless games. Way too many. It's so difficult to visualize that sport in a short, like... Because if you think th- like baseball is a game, and I'm not going to get into the, oh, this is a game of failure. But I'm just saying, when when the best players that do something hit 300, I, it, 30 games is not enough to have any idea who the best teams are. So you'd have to almost redesign the ent- the entire makeup, like put in... I don't know, regulation? How could you have a 50 game? They did it during the COVID year, right? And well, I'm just saying, like, just shrink it by, like, 30 games and start there. And then, you know, two two divisions, AL, NL, and... So two leagues, no divisions within those leagues, you mean? Oh, just yeah, open it leagues, up, yeah. try to play as balanced of a schedule as you can. Like, Because yep. I was th- that's a good point. I was thinking 100 games. Like, that's 62 reduction, right? Yep. 100 games. That's still a lot of baseball games. You can prove if you're, oh, man, it took them till, till game 70 to really get clicking. Well, then I guess they weren't that good. You should have clicked yeah. in game 27. Uh, yep. Sorry, not my problem. But in a 30-game season, no. You'd have to have, like, high stakes on every single I don't know how that would it'd be like the whole season would be postseason baseball right yeah like you do 30 games and only two teams make it to the World Series or something like it was back in the 1920s 30s 40s until maybe the 60s when they expanded and then ultimately the 80s with the wild card or 90s with the wild card but um 100 games you you could probably balance the schedule with 100 games there's 15 teams in each league they also got to schedule them better. Some of these East Coast games that go on are teams like, you know, that start at 9 o'clock at night. They don't fucking end till 1 a.m. And same with, like, games uh, that start at 2 o'clock while everyone's at work. Like, that's, no one's going to watch that. Yeah, but when it's about the dollar, how the hell are you going to get people in the stadium if you start the game at 3 p.m. constantly? Like, yeah, people yep. in Chicago, they're... That that's always been a culture where it's like, oh, nobody we can just leave work and go to the Cubs game and watch them lose. But 
not every city, especially the smaller markets like Tampa, Kansas City. Nobody's getting to a Kansas City Royals game five days a week at 3 p.m. or 2 p.m. It's just not going to happen. I know it's Central Standard Time, but still, uh, I, I get the idea. There's just no way. Like I said about, what were we just talking, attention spans. Nobody's attention span is even really long. The, the only baseball fans left are like 30 years old or kids that play baseball. You know, like in high school. The average age of a fan goes up every year and has for like the last 15 years or something. It has to. Dude, the existence of TikTok alone killed baseball, regardless (laughs) of all the old fuckery that they did to their own league, right? The owners are as greedy as ever. The fact that they can't come to a a compromise – you know, I get they're like, hey, we're not going to let this turn into the NBA. You know, I, the players should have more control. Without the players, you have no league. Any owner that's like, oh, we'll just get replacement in the scabs. Like, I'm yeah, not okay. that desperate to watch guys that throw 87. I'm not going to go to a beer league and watch baseball. It's not going to happen. I've watched it because it was the elitist of the elite, right? The best pitching. And that's why they get paid what they get paid. And that's why the owners are making what they're making. You're not making that money without the players. And then, you know, with Jeter stepping down from the Marlins, like, I think that's great. I do too. I don't necessarily know why other than I just am not a huge Derek Jeter fan. (laughs) I don't (laughs) have anything against him. I think he... Little overrated, you know, kind of, yeah, kind of lived on reputation in a murderer's row lineup for the majority of his career. Good hitter, good leadoff hitter, no doubt. Not a great shortstop, but also not a great general manager or whatever the hell he was in Miami. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, they want to add more teams to the playoffs. You know, like it's just, just like. Just like the NFL, add another. <laughs> if you want to add more, you, that's they're both these money hungry fucking leagues. You can't add games and add teams to the playoffs. That dilutes everything. I'm like, if you're gonna add teams, then play 60 game seasons and make yeah. everything about the tournament, right? Exactly. Like, put 16 teams into the like the NBA does. Put 16 teams. Play 82 games. Copy the NBA. Play 82 games in your baseball season or whatever the number shakes down to to balance the schedule. 82, 84, 92, whatever it has to be, and then put 16 teams in the playoffs and watch what happens. If it's still best out of five. The worst teams aren't going to always win. It's not going to be like, oh man, the, it's these single champions. elimination, man, until until like the championship rounds, and then that would be cool. Just you hear this, Manfred, <laughs> the jerk. He's like, oh my gosh, and I need, we need more millions. <laughs> these players, ugh, they want thirty million dollars while the owners are like raking in hundreds of million. I mean, just think about just these concessions. All payrolls, like somehow the Rays still make it to the fucking playoffs and win a World Series. And does anybody even care? I really, as a diehard baseball fan for my entire life, I do not care. I thought my heart was going to be broken. Most years, it would have been. I am at a point. That when I read that headline today, I didn't care. I felt nothing. I'm like, yeah, serves him right. 
I mean, we've been talking about not re-upping on an MLB TV this year either, so it, I mean, kind of falling. They lose you two. I mean, they lose half of St. Louis, (laughs) non-Cardinal fans. Yeah, and also just not even talking about volume. If they lose two fans that are as big of fans as us saying, eh, I don't care, then yeah, like you open the segment up with, they do have a problem with their league. They have a huge problem. I would re- much rather see the ball put into play. I don't care what anybody, eh, no, you, analytics say you, you're much better off just swing, striking out four times and hitting one home run. I'm like, yeah, maybe the player who's trying to get paid in this free market that's run by white elitists that are still racist. No, give me a ground ball. Give me 15 ground balls. Give me a pitcher throwing no-hitter with 21 balls put into play. Give me that. Because you know what that says? It says that this guy was making, he was missing the center of the bat all game. Great. That is great entertainment. Watching fielding is one of the joys of the sport. I don't even get to watch fielding anymore. The only plays you see on the infield are ropes. Frozen ropes yes. that guys have to like lay out and make a diving catch. Other than that, it's through the hole or it's a ground ball double play. That's it. There's, there's baseball used to have thousands of like possibilities at the in, in one at bat, and yep. now there's like five strike out, like home run, walk, pop up. <laughs> pitchers don't have the command that they did because they're trying to throw as hard as they can every pitch except for, you know, some of the top line starters, you know, which what they're doing is pitching. Not going to be hitting anymore. Mad bombs. Not right. That. So MLB season delayed. We don't want to spend too much time on that because just like us, you're probably bored with it. And so MLB Manfred owners, I hope you guys Sink. Just keep sinking. Nobody cares. Nobody even cares. How does that feel? I hope you hey, hear this. Slugfest. Let's go. Give me that. Everyone's me on steroids. <laughs> the, the irony to it is that I've been still a little bit bitter with how much the NFL and the NBA has changed from, you know, closed court, more physicality to open spaces, freedom of motion, freedom of action. You can't put your hands on the receiver. You can't put two hands on the waist rather than I love the gritty hand check. If you're driving to the lane, you're going to have arms on you and you're going to have to earn it. And if you get to the hoop and take a whack, you're going to think twice about going in there again, league. But I do want that for baseball because of where it's gone. I mean, bring it back. Running over the catcher, fucking breaking up the double play, cleats in the fucking stomach. I, I mean, just bring it back. Baseball, you need to get tough again. The magic at bat. Stu Gotts once said that he coined it. Are you guys familiar with the magic at bat? This is what we'll end baseball talk with. The magic at bat. All right? The idea is that one time per game, in any nine-inning game, let me rephrase, only in the ninth inning, Okay. Only in the ninth inning, no matter what your batting order is, the manager can choose whoever on his team to just jump immediately to bat wherever in the top three of that inning. So if Mike Trout made the last out in the bottom of the eighth and they're down one at home and they're going into the bottom of the ninth and it's two to one, instead of Mike Trout being needing eight batters to reach base safely or, you know, six and two outs, whatever you want, however, whatever math you want to put in there. 
he just jumps back up to second. And they have a leadoff hitter, and then Trout bats again. I actually think that's a great idea. And he gets a cork bat. (laughs) Aluminum bat. (laughs) Aluminum, yes. He gets an aluminum bat. (laughs) Only Mike Trout. That yeah, people would die if we if they did that. Um, but no, the Magic at bat, or just instead of extra innings, just home run oh, derby. Dude, go go back to like oh, get would, fucking runner off of second base. Jesus, that's brutal. They do like a best two out of three di- triathlon. They they're like, all right, instead of extra innings, boys, we got the two power hitters. They get five swings. Your two fastest players are gonna race around the bases, and then your two. Strongest, strongest arms, arms on the team are going to throw it from home plate, and whoever throws it further, whoever wins two out of those three things, wins this game. How much more fun would extra innings be if they did that rather than the Boston Red Sox and the L.A. Dodgers playing 18 innings in the World Series to a rather anticlimactic finish after you watched two baseball games when there was only supposed to be one? <laughs> Talk about running too late, Jimbo. They could, they would, no they would have been running late if that thing started at two p.m. on the East Coast. No one fucking makes it to those Dodgers games on time either. They show up around the sixth, just because they're <laughs> used to Kershaw still being in. It's just like, ah, don't worry, Kershaw will be in. When we get there in the sixth inning. Yeah, I don't know. The hell with baseball. Yep, I hope, I hope Manfred and specifically Bob Castellini, the piece of garbage red zoner. It would be my dream. Everybody, if you listen to this, even if you're you're one small person or you're one famous person, just tell Bob Castellini that I wish he never owned the Reds and I hope that something happens to where he no longer does. And I hope that baseball never comes back. How about that? I hope it never comes back. I don't need it. Give me a give me a two month break after the NBA playoffs, and we'll talk training camp. We got the NFL draft in there right when the NBA playoffs are starting, and then we got preseason. We don't need you anymore, baseball. So figure it out. Pay your players. You're idiots. Do something. Your sport is boring. You know who wouldn't stand around and do nothing? That's Joe Buck. And Joe Buck, the ball is in his proverbial court now because if you've heard, Troy Aikman is being lured. I don't know if that's the right word. He's, I mean, definitely ESPN's going after him, right? And I don't know if that's official. I think it is that Troy Aikman is saying, I have signed, I am becoming a color commentator on Monday Night Football for an astronomical amount of money. Trying to get old Buck. So he puts out the statement. He says, I would love nothing more than to work with Joe Buck. Continue to work with Joe Buck. And so it brings up a a, a bevy. You think of, Buck's that good? He just got a name. His daddy was everything. <laughs> okay, maybe that's true. I don't know. I think he's pretty skilled. Uh, he's also a pretty good actor and has a good sense of humor. So um, I tend to think he's pretty good. I don't love him, but I think he's good at his job. Uh, maybe not as right. much in football. I think more in baseball. They're a great duo, though, right? I mean, there's nothing no. like a great announcer. He's not even good either. He's just a cowboy. He's the QB. That's all gets, it is. Gets the 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 pump up. Well, these Dallas quarterbacks are clearly Whoa, the people. It's a different story. But <laughs> a... eh. I mean, don't forget about uh, what 
Moose Hodges. He's also Moose Hodges is in the booth. The former Dallas Cowboy fullback. Like they just that's just oh, America's team. We're going to get these boys in the booth and we're going to pay them <laughs> more than the players. Tony Romo makes more than Patrick Mahomes or n- near it. And we're talking about Mahomes. He doesn't have to get hit. No, yeah. and he shows up once a week. Works what eighteen weeks out of the year? That's it. Well, if you count playoffs, twenty, and then if CBS gets the Super Bowl, twenty-one. There go. Yeah. For eighteen million dollars, it's a million dollars per game. <laughs> One million. <laughs> One million. In that That's tax beautiful. bracket, they're walking away with six twenty. But still, six hundred and twenty grand gross or net after all your taxes are paid. Makes me think of my top five announcer duos that I oh have. Oh, gosh. You have I a got top, a list. Oh, you know, I had a feeling that you were going to have some type of list because you're always full of surprises, and I didn't even think you knew any announcer duos. No, man. Hey, hey, this is a hell of a top. Might be my best list. I've been waiting to pull this one out. All right, all right. You sound pretty confident with it. So before you get in, and we're going to count from five to one. Five being your, you know, your okay. least caliber and one being, yes. Best. Do you right. have any outside looking in? Do you have some honorable mentions, if you will? Honorable mentions? Hmm. Like you were every year in football hmm. when you were, you know. I do not. Or else I would have made, made, made a top seven list. I would have made a top five. Okay. No wasted effort for Jimmy. <laughs> None ever. Never. All right, Jimbo with the top five. Announcing duos. Announcing duos. Is this every sport, Jim? This is across all sports. This is across everything. Yeah. Across everything. It's across everything. Everything. So if somebody's called a ping pong tournament, they are eligible for this list. All right, number five. We've got. Mike Breen and Jeff Van Gundy. Is it TBS they're on? No, that is a good one. Uh, ESPN, Jeff Van Gundy's ESPN, never been on yeah. TNT. Uh, it's good that you've done research for your list. I agree Those with two? that one. Mike Breen's actually also the play-by-play announcer night in, night out for the New York Knicks. Uh, he only takes breaks off those games to do the national telecast. That's a good duo. Mike Breen, very polished. Jeff Van Gundy, tough to beat. I think that's a good one. Five. Uh, Thank this, you. The top Thank four, top you. four should be strong. That's a good, it's a good solid crew right there. Number four, Jim Nance and Tony Romo. Oh wow, wow, strong number four. I that's, mean, I mean, that's up. That's like my top. I like. I, I just love Romo. I don't know. Two cents tie. I mean, he'd take it to the bank. That's number one for him. He's got. I mean, he he'll shut the whole he'll shut the whole number party four. down. He'd be like, we gotta hear Romo. Strong number four. Strong number four. Yeah, don't let us down with these top three now. Number three, Pat Summerall and John Madden. Now, before you go into number two, that is if you're 30 and you grew up playing Madden on PS2, that's who was calling Madden's from, what, Sega Genesis on through when Madden got shitty with the next-gen systems. Summerall until maybe... 03 or 04 and then Al Michaels came in. So Oh yeah. 
Summerall calling all those 90s games. Yeah, I think that's a strong. Surprising you had them over considering you had a very limited time in your life that you were old enough to watch live football while Summerall and Madden were calling the games. Jimmy's a player. Just playing Madden. Just Madden. That's yeah, just Madden. He's like, they say the same me. thing. They say the same thing my every list. three games. My list. In my head. It is his list. It is his list. Funny thing if you bring Al Michaels, because number two is Al Michaels and John Madden sitting at number two. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Pat. Wow. I, actually, I actually thought that you were going to say Chris Collinsworth for a moment. No, 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 no. Collinsworth yeah. would not even crack my top ten. I hate you know that. Who loves Al? Oh, uh, Marshall. Marshall. Jeff Bezos. Eminem. Loves him. Now, the number one duo in sports broadcasting history, in my book, obviously, is... Incredible book. Johnny Gomez and Nick Diamond. How about that? Neil I don't know Diamond? who that is. I don't know who that is. You know who it is. Go Neil ahead and give Diamond. a little Google is search. It... Nick Diamond and no, Johnny you're, you're, Gomez. You're my Google search. Who who are these people? They are the How could they be number one? Of Celebrity Deathmatch on MTV. What a oh, letdown of a number one. Christ. What a letdown. Claymation. <laughs> His top announcers come from. Who actually. Those were, those were not Diamond. their real names, though. Were, that were is they? their names. Yeah. Johnny Gomez and Nick Diamond. Ringside. Bringing all actions. You, you had to have been sitting there today, like. <laughs> Googling oh, duos, announcing duos. You don't I mean, remember? If you're going to say that, remember somebody... Celebrity Deathmatch? I do remember it. I do remember it. It was a joy every time it came on, if Pretty I'm being sure honest. Nick Diamond's the one with the, with, the, with the stash. He was the one, the short, fat one with the stash. I don't remember what they look like. I just remember the bald ref it was like, let's get it on. And he like it, he would always end up with blood splattered all over his face at the end because somebody would rip like the limbs off of a body to win the death match of the celebrities. You guys don't um, even have pictures on IMDb. Of course they don't. They may as well not exist. Maurice Schleifer and Lynn Maxwell. That's their real names. Yes. Johnny Gomez. <laughs> and Nick Diamond. Two cent names. Where's two cents tie when you need them? How does how does Dan Shulman and Jay Billis not make that list? I know I'm a big basketball fan, but oh boy, is there. Dan Shulman did Sunday Night Baseball as well. He's just got an incredible voice. Shulman and Billis. They, they would have to be in my top five for sure. But if you're going across platforms, Jim Ross and Jerry the King Lawler, get out of Dodge. Who's better than well, old Jim? You know what? Uh, 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 a second place, first place would be Rogan, UFC, and whoever's with him. <laughs> Not really even sure who's with him. Just Rogan. Well, there's been DC, all kinds. I know, you lo- I know you're a huge fan, but yeah. Rogan uh, I like Rogan when it comes to the UFC because he, he's a true fan. He's passionate. He has a blast calling the fights. That's I like to hear that. It's like Romo calling football games. I mean, 
I had Brain and Van Gundy uh, on a list that I was compiling earlier after the conversation we had today. I, I, I do think that Gus Johnson just deserves to be on every top list, though, because is there anybody that can make a 30-yard field goal sound more exciting than Gus Johnson? Whenever the Arizona Cardinals played the Jacksonville Jags this past season and they had that kick return for or the field goal that was short right before half, the Cardinals tried to kick like a 55-yarder, Prater, I guess, and came up short and the Jags returned it to the house. Gus Johnson, that call, oh, man. I mean, nobody's been more excited about a Jags game <laughs> in 30 years than Gus Johnson was. And the Jags ended up losing, of course, but... In that moment, you would never have known that the Jags were not one of the best teams in the world. I think that's when Agnew was born, whatever that dude's name is, the guy that returned the kick. You think that, that, you think that that's where he was born? He was born in Jacksonville? I mean, like, that's where the fantasy player Agnew was born. Everyone started picking him up, and he started doing things productive in the offense, scoring touchdowns. It was that game. I'm sure that's... True. That's where Agnew was born. <laughs> Gus Jay, Johnson. Jay Schmitty. <laughs> Gus Johnson's vocal cords birthed Agnew's success. Only one who could have called the better is Gomez. <laughs> Johnny Gomez. Johnny Gomez. Johnny Gomez. Not even his name. He's a piece of clay on a television screen. Claymation. He might as well be Gumby. <laughs> Oh man, what a what a list! What a strong top four and terrible, terrible I mean, number one. Most of the people listening don't even know what celebrity deathmatch is. If they don't know who Summerall is, I honestly like hearing Dick Vitale. I don't know something about him. Yeah. Dickie V, dude, in the 90s with Mike Patrick, which, again, that's a name I'm aging myself. People probably don't remember him. Mike Patrick and Dick Vitale. What about Greg Zitko and Jimmy Brewer at the old Fox tournament that one year? At the sixth grader invitational. (laughs) I had to You guys think that I do yammering on here? You want to talk about carrying the load? I had to just – Jimmy would just come up with three lines and then just peter off because he'd be (laughs) – and I'd be like, oh man, what a pass. It's just not a good pass. It's a bounce pass that covered a total of, you know, f- four tiles, you know, because they weren't playing on wood floor. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was for extra credit, I think. Or money, maybe. I can't remember. Maybe both. We, I think we, I think he, he, I would just us. come in and be like, man, he's been tough down there in the paint and just wouldn't say another word. <laughs> like, yeah, good observation, Jim. Right. Anyway, <laughs> That was exactly what it was. This whole interaction, this dynamic existed before this because it was happening at the sixth grader invitational where parents are getting mad and Jimmy's like, man, that, that kid, he just he just won't stop. I go, yeah, Jim, that's a good point. He he is not stopping. Like that like, was almost the- a technical, but not quite great. <laughs> like, you just threw him on the ground. What are you talking about, Jim? I I edited for Miller. I had to edit some Little League basketball film, dude. (laughs) There is nothing worse as a basketball fan of the highest level to watch sixth graders play basketball. Now, I'm sure there's some pretty organized leagues out there where sixth graders can chalk it up a little bit. But 
this is just this may as well be rugby, right? It's kind of like the young the youth soccer leagues where they all have shin pads and they all kind of rugby scrum into one portion of the field and of 22 players on the field 18 of them are in a circle and they're just kicking the ball back between one another. And that's 45 minutes of the game. That's the whole game. That's it. Imagine calling that for extra credit. I'd rather blow my brains out. I'd rather watch Patreon. NFL overtime rules. Indianapolis Colts get to propose this because teams have the independence of proposing their own rule changes in the offseason. I believe that all 32 teams have the ability to do this. And I believe that they're vowing to try to get at least one possession per team, regardless of how overtime shakes out. If I had any two people that I know care about this topic, it would be you two. So I'm going to step aside for a moment and reserve my thoughts on overtime rules and let you tell me why you think it is a good or not a good idea. And if you don't think it's a good idea, then I need you to tell me what your solution would be or leave it as is. I mean, I'm all for if a team's the team that gets the ball first goes down and scores a touchdown, I'm all for the other team, the opposing team getting a chance to at least come back and score. And then after that, you know, the next score wins. Um, it's, you know, I, it just it comes down to, sometimes comes down to a fucking coin toss. I don't really like that aspect of the game. Um, I'd almost just rather him play a whole fucking quarter, another whole, another quarter. And at the end of that, I guess if they retire, then, then kick off. Then they, then they just, just, just going to be yeah, a kickoff. Yeah, kick, yeah, kick, kick off. off. Whatever kicker can kick the ball longer. Yes. Whatever coach, no, whatever coach can <laughs> kick the longest field goal wins. So the coaches are a little bit, they're earning their paychecks finally. Not, your $12 million, $18 million salary for Belichick. Now let's see your fucking ass get out there and kick a field goal, Bill. That's what I'm for. I, I, I would like to see... You know, just how that game in Kansas City ended with Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes there. They they scored like 25 points in the final two minutes of that game. Three yeah. <laughs> it, I mean, just up and down the field. And it was basically like, oh, whoever gets the ball first in overtime is going to come down and score. And just so happened the coin toss went the Chiefs way. And, you know, the coin toss also did go the Chiefs way in the Bengals game. We see how yeah. that worked out. So I'm just saying there are two sides to every coin. I think I think sides. I think each team should get a kickoff. So like you do a coin toss, okay? And say Alex wins and he says, I want the ball first. If you go down and score whatever, the other team gets a kickoff just like you and gets a chance to match whatever you did. If you match, you get kicked, you know, you do it again. The other team gets the ball until somebody, A, scores a touchdown, gets a stop, or gets a stop, the other team goes, scores a field goal, whatever it may be. But if you, if you kick off first, you're getting the ball last, no matter what, and you have a chance to match whatever they just did the previous drive until would, the game's uh, over. I would also say, like, in overtime, you have to go for it on fourth down, and if you score a touchdown, you have to go for two. I mean, just just... It's a perfect oh. point, because that's my opinion. I don't care about whatever I did. Oh, sudden death. Oh, each team gets it. No, 
make it the college overtime rules. They're yeah. the most suspenseful, and I, I get it. I get it. The, the collective <laughs> bargaining is going to be, oh, well, then we're putting our bodies through more wear and tear, which I completely understand from an athlete's perspective. But when you're trying to win a football game, do you think Josh Allen's going to be mad that he got an extra chance to get the football, come down and try to score, and then put the pressure back on the Chiefs? I say get rid of the kickoff entirely. Why can't? Why are we kicking it off? That's where the most injuries happen in football. You have high velocity, big human beings that are faster and stronger than ninety nine percent of the population running at each other, going at knees. You're flying around. I don't see how there's not a concussion on every big hit on a kickoff. But get rid of the kickoff. I don't need the kickoff. I don't even need kickers anymore. Just put the ball on the damn fifty. And I know college is the 35 or whatever. Put the ball on the 50 yard line. You get four downs and you can't, you, you, you have to go for it. Boom. Do it. Dare you. Defenses are going to be like, well, we're going to get tired. We got to defend four downs. Okay. But if you get a stop, then you stop them. Now they got to stop your offense for four downs. Yeah. I'm down with that. And I... the force, the forcing them to go for two, like, guarantees a result. You're not going to go into. 15 overtimes, well, you wouldn't think. In the NFL, yeah. with how good those defenses are and how hard it yep. is to score from the two-yard line, hell, if you want to move it back to the five-yard line, whatever you think is going to work, go for yep. two from the five-yard line. Defenses are going to stop that, right? Especially if they're selling out, like, putting everything into one play. They're not going to go. The games aren't going to go forever. That's everybody's fear. They don't want the games can't go too long. What if the Bills and the Chiefs would have been playing until one in the morning? It's football. Something's going to break. Yeah, exactly. Someone's going to break. Something's going to break. <laughs> right. Yeah, Just, I, I, I'm all for a change in, in the overtime rules. I mean, give me more excitement. Whatever that entails, just do that. Yeah. Well, that's what we've already geared all sports towards anyway, is the, is the excitement for the fan. Otherwise, otherwise, baseball and basketball wouldn't have turned into what they turned into. And then ultimately now football. Because, you know, say what you want. People say that Logan Wilson was holding, you know, down there and held cup. I didn't see the hold from the linebacker. I saw the hold, obviously, you know, on the, in the end zone on that out route. He's got a foot full of his jersey. I'm just saying, like, why are games being less less regulation in those moments? Football's a physical sport, man. Best man wins. Like, I'm talking, if you're not tugging the jersey, should there really be? I don't even know if he, like, touched him. And there was also a video of the Rams, I mean, that play where they false started. The whole line went before the ball was snapped. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna but turn this into complaining about that because t- uh T uh T Higgins Higgins, t. Higgins the yeah, face yeah, mask face mask. I don't know how they like <laughs> how where that didn't get called how do you not see Ramsey's fucking head turn around. Yeah. You like, can't say that they wouldn't have scored on that possession, but they definitely yeah. wouldn't have scored on that play. Uh that play, no doubt. For sure. So yeah, scrap. Screw you, Frank Reich. Get out of here with your with your propositions. How about this proposition? Make it college. We got some fucking propositions for you here on fifty milliliters. Propositions. Got some for the MLB. Got some for the NFL. (laughs) Those second place dorks, especially Reich in the overtime game against the Titans this year, got the ball. They had a chance, and Wentz threw a pick, and Byron picked them off. I think Wentz might be out of town. (laughs) You mean throwing two interceptions in the matter of 
four minutes of game time when the game's on the line isn't a good thing. Keep him as far as away from Pittsburgh as possible. Oh, he's going to be a Steeler. He's got that Steeler grit. <laughs> Real gritty. So, we all agree. Change it. But let's make it the college rules. Just let's be honest. You don't have to you don't have to be like, oh, we're the shield. We gotta protect. We gotta we must protect this house. Now that's under armor, isn't it? Uh make it college. I think they're partnering with uh XFL now too. Yeah, now they're like, oh, we can have a mining system. Just do it. USFL, the original USFL is suing Fox. Because Fox is trying to put on the reboot of the USFL, and now their their original USFL is trying to sue Fox to say that they can't use any of the twenty team names or the league name of the USFL. So more drama to come with that, because of course there has to be some capitalistic advantage to all things. Sports don't even exist if it wasn't for you know Great. probably the Great owners. Deal. Yeah, greedy old men. But at the same time, it's like government, right? Like, it just takes enough people. If all the players are like, wait a minute, hold on. If we pool some of our cash together, we can hire people to film these games. We can hire a company to broadcast it, and people can subscribe to that. I don't know why to this day why players haven't done that. Like, 53-man rosters, if they... If they came together and were like, why are we playing for the Patriots when we can have our own league? And everybody knows. The only thing the NFL has is that they're the NFL and they have that brand recognition. So the the understanding, just like it is with the NBA, is that if you play in this league, you are in the 1% of best football players on the planet. I'm sure there's a couple exceptions like... But there's no Barry Sanders in the Canadian Football League. You know why? Because if there was a Barry Sanders, he'd be playing in the NFL. That's why. And so, pool your cash together. I get that there's a ton of guys that make four hundred thousand, eight hundred thousand a year after taxes if they're making one point five. But there's plenty of guys like Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes that are making a whole lot more than that, and they could make, they could double that if they just said f the owners. Now, I get it. The question would be, well, where are they going to play? They, if they don't own these stadiums or, you know, the owners don't own the stadiums. The cities own the stadiums. And the, the, the marketing and the advertisements have claims on those stadiums. Shit, dude, if they wanted to start out just throwing up bleachers on a, in an open field and laying down turf and just playing football, people would be crawling all over one another to be there. It's um, truly shocking. Uh, opens. <laughs> yeah, they could play. They could play anywhere, and people would go because yeah. if you know that Rodgers and Mahomes are bringing the fifty best guys from each team to their league, and then Robert Kraft's happy endings wouldn't be so happy, would they? No one would care. Nobody. Nobody would ever think about these these billionaires. That are like, oh, I didn't become a billionaire by just allowing every penny to go out of my bank account. Uh, Like, who are you? Take a walk, bro. Nobody needs you. Nobody needs them. They don't need them. Switching gears. Have you guys been seeing what Ja Morant has been doing lately? Man. This kid. Some highlights. I mean, he's. Should have bought his rookie card when he had a chance, Alex. 
Oh, we have some. I know we have to have some of those in that yeah. box. There has to be. A couple. John Morant, perfect timing. LeBron James finally is showing that he's a human being and not 100% alien. And although he's still a pretty good basketball player, I don't think that he is anywhere near what he once was, and rightfully so. The man's got more mileage than anybody ever, and he's 37. But John Morant, just when the NBA needed somebody to step up to become... Do you guys remember that guy, Zion Williamson? And I told you, we'll see. Yeah, right. Oh, no, he's got, he's the Messiah. Oh, yeah, right. You carry around 240 upstairs. We'll see how those knees are doing in a couple years. He had a, he had a good run at Duke when they lost in the final four of the Elite Eight to Michigan State. But John Morant, 360 layups in traffic. He shoots the three. Please tell me if you have not seen Stephen Adams. Tell me you guys oh saw this. My God. Steven Adams right before half. Yeah. From the baseline throws it 94 feet with like 0.8 on the clock. And John Morant jumps into the air like a wide receiver, fielding a a, 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 a touchdown pass. He catches it in midair and puts up a shot on the baseline and drills it. Uh, yeah, that was insane. That I've I never mean- seen anybody do that, but first of all, tip and credit to the pass. Yeah, I right. mean, I mean, pass. I mean, you couldn't. Have, I mean, put that on right. <laughs> Stephen Adams. Why are you not playing? Hey, did you, you choose the right sport? <laughs> that was a dime. But to be able to do that with no base, how many guys can catch a ball with that? Do you know how much velocity is on a ball that travels on a line ninety four feet? A basketball is what inflated with like seventeen pounds of air or twelve pounds of air, something like that. But that is, I mean, for you to be in the air and be able to turn, catch, and focus. be in the air, focus, and boom. I, I don't know. He's he's electric, automatically. That, yes, that was one. Of, back to back. Watch, dude. Very. And he plays the game, like, gritty. He's not just... Like, yeah. oh, everybody uh, spread the floor and I'm going to isolate. Like, he yeah. he's constantly moving without the ball. He's moving with the ball. Nobody can check him. He can jump over you. He dunked on Jakob Poitel last night, or if you want to say Pirtle. But he, that dude is seven foot one. And he, like, went over him. He's got just fucking tough, over dude. him. Yeah. That, Coming out of Murray State, dude. Dunk contest. I remember you telling me about him. Yeah. yeah, get him in, please. Oh man. Memphis? But yeah, no, I remember I remember telling you about John ja Morant when he was at Murray State. I'm like, yeah, I don't know where he came from, but th- this is this is it now. He's they're going to the tournament and they're hell, they're ranked this year. Basically the John ja Morant you know, dynasty turnaround. And now they get all these players because they all were like, shit, I want to be like Ja, which I can't blame him. Okay, yeah. And he's like humble too. Like there's not many twenty two year old, twenty three year old kids that are that good and that down to earth. He's legit. He's definitely one of my favorite players in the league right now. And I would think that he would be just about everybody's does. He does nothing poorly. He shoots the shit out of the ball. He can shoot a mid range shot. He can shoot the three. He can shoot free throws at a high percentage. He gets to the rim. Like 
Russell Westbrook in his prime, only with more explosiveness. Next coming of uh, D Rose. <laughs> He's like D before Rose the before the knee. Yeah, only yeah. better. Only yeah. a better basketball player. Which is, I mean, as a casual fan, I can name pl- at least you know a handful of players on the Memphis Grizzlies, even you know being a little removed the past few years from how much I used to follow the NBA. But, I mean, off the top, can you even name a player on the Grizzlies that's not John Morant? Um, and I'm it, not quizzing you, but... Justin Justin Jackson? Jaron Jackson? Jaron Jackson, Jaren yeah. Jackson. Okay, so oh. you do... But, but I wasn't... My point wasn't to put you yeah. on the spot. My point was that he... The Grizzlies are the top four seeds in the West right now, have one of the best records. They have a better record than any team in the East. They just beat the Bulls. Now, the Bulls kind of made a late surge and got it close, but Ja took over at the end, made the buckets, hit his free throws. They beat Chicago in Chicago. Then they just murdered the Spurs last night, who, you know, are outside looking and not a playoff contender this year. But legitimate, legitimate talent. Memphis is turned around for good. I pray to God that that kid does not get hurt. Me too. Because this NBA is an NBA I can get down with. I've been, like, with, I think with the leaving of LeBron James, things are going to get better. I know that he's going to play a few more years and the drama is still going to be around him. But I think that there was this period where, as a, like, big basketball fan coming from the way basketball was played for its existence, you know, when Jordan retired and then you get into the mid-2000s and then Curry comes in and the game just widens open, what you were seeing was a lot of veterans that had played a different game their whole life that kind of were forced to adapt to like, hey, spread out analytics. The front office is saying we're doing this. The coaches are in line with the front office because they want their paycheck because at the end of the day, what are we all really doing this for? Rick Carlisle can say, oh, I coach for the love of the game all you want. I'm like, yeah, it's a lot easier to love it when you make $8 million a year than if you made eighty grand doing it, Rick. So don't tell me that it's all about the love of the game. You're going to fall in line with what the agenda of the ownership and the commission and, and and the front office of the NBA and the front office of your organization is. But what we're seeing now is we're seeing because we're getting so old <laughs> and we're seeing players that like came up w- with this style as their regular style of basketball and i'm seeing like a raise in competition and i'm seeing guys that are like going after it more i th- i saw a lot of like the veterans are just going to like oh yeah get out put a hand up on the three whatever but now the youth that is being like spanned across the league. We don't currently have any team ups unless you want to talk about the Brooklyn Nets, which, you know, temperature take that, right? Only Simmons is under 30. Kyrie's even over 30 now. And Kevin Durant's obviously 34, 35 years old. So besides that, and then Harden went over to Philly, but I don't think that a 33 year old James Harden just is like, oh yeah, Philly's going all the way. And Bede's amazing. But what I'm saying is look at the distribution of skill with these teams does anybody know for sure how many years did we have the nba we were like oh yeah Cavs, Cavs, and, and warriors i mean you just take it to the bank it doesn't matter he he's playing the spurs i mean their team doesn't have like i mean there's not many old old older players on that team Ralph. 
right? I mean, no, they have Nikola Vukovic and DeMar DeRozan, who are yeah. you know seasoned yeah. NBA veterans. Uh, who else? Wendell Carter, Zach Levine, Wendell Carter. No, Carter. Carter got moved in the trade for Vukovic uh, two years ago or last year. At the midway point, they sent Wendell Carter and some other players and some draft picks. Kobe, Kobe, Kobe White. Kobe White. And then you got Ayo Desonmu, who's from Illinois. He's a rookie. He's long point guard, like 6'7". He's starting for them now. So you have Desonmu, you got DeRozan, Levine, and you got Vukovic. And then they have like swing players at four that they kind of rotate around. And then they have Kobe White off the bench. Um, and they just got Tristan Thompson um, at the trade deadline. His free throw the other night. I did. Um, oh. Looks like he's been really working hard at that in the gym. Uh, he lived that Kardashian life. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, the Bulls, the Cavs, the Nets, the Sixers, the Heat, who just spanked yeah. the Bulls. Um, I Damn mean, out of bad, you. The Celtics are hot, and they're good. I mean, nobody is going to tell me that the Celtics are not a legitimate threat. You got Tatum, who's becoming better and better and still young. Like, ridiculously young. Like, 23, 24 young. And they have a good, deep bench there. And Ime Udoka is having a good... The East is deep. The West is deep. People have been like, oh, the West is kind of thinned out. The East... That may be slightly true in contrast to years in the past because the West was, like, 12 deep and eight teams would make the playoffs and four teams would miss the playoffs that were all better than four teams that would make the playoffs in the East. So that... Power has shifted a little bit, but you, I think there's, there's 10 teams at least that I wouldn't be like, oh, I'm shocked that they won the NBA finals. I mean, Milwaukee, I didn't even mention they're the defending champions. The Phoenix Suns are the defending runner up. And then you enter the Warriors, you enter the Utah Jazz, you enter the Dallas Mavericks. You enter the Denver Nuggets, who have the reigning MVP. Uh, I'm forgetting about a team. Memphis. Is, is Murray going to be back this year? Didn't he tear? Did he tear his ACL this year? Was Jamal that, Murray? Yeah. Pretty sure that was last year. Was that last year? He's he. Murray, if Murray is is playing, I'm not following the Nuggets night in and night out. I know that Aaron Gordon and Nikola Jokic and the majority of their core. Michael Porter Jr., they're all still there. And Denver's actually kind of lower on the list of teams. It's like, look at how fast it changed finally. The Lakers and the Clippers, right? Because Kawhi takes that injury. Paul George has been hurt. I mean, the Clippers are walking out, you know, just guys that have been role players, and they're making a team out of it. So they're struggling, but the NBA is in a good spot. And I haven't said that. In a while, you died. Long time. heard that from your mouth. Then, yeah, right. A long, long time. <laughs> I mean, shit. I, uh, it's the truth. I, I really, yeah, I'm excited you know, about he's it. Going out, to, going to the shitter. NBA back. <laughs> Just get rid of them. Who needs you? Baseball. Know. Nobody needs you. The days of pool. Poor Mike Trout, man. Yeah. Especially football or basketball. He sh- he probably should have played football. He would have yep. been a great backer, linebacker. yep, middle linebacker. Yeah, oh, I mean he yeah. would have just would have been a problem. Yep. 
pretty fast. But yeah, we have the uh, we have the NCAA tournament coming up. Coming uh, it's, it's getting real close. Championship week next week, which is one of my favorite weeks of the entire year because conference championships can punch your ticket. You may have had the shittiest year. And if you're in a mid-major or a small conference, it does not work that way. You don't you can't be 0 and 8 in the smallest, lowest ranked conference in the country and then also make your conference tournament. So you're only gonna see that with the power and the mid-majors. But then if you get into the smaller conferences, not every team gets a chance. Like if there's 12 teams in a conference, the top eight will get in. And the bottom four just go home because it's like, man, even if you put together, like, do you really deserve this? You were two and nine and you're two and two and 17 in your conference play and you're going to be able to have a chance at this. Like, no. But if you're in a power conference, this is your opportunity, right? Syracuse, you know, showed on Monday after getting thumped by Duke over the weekend that, hey, maybe they're primed to make, you know, a run to the to the third or fourth day of the ACC tournament. Maybe Nebraska who has been, I mean, literally one win in the Big Ten this year. Maybe maybe they just played uh, Ohio State at Ohio State today. One. Tough. Yeah. And beat them. So that's, that's what it is, right? You, they're going to have a chance to make a run. Nebraska gets hot. Whoever gets hot. But stay tuned. Coach K's final game coaching this Saturday against North Carolina. Been a great career, five national championships, probably put more pros into the NBA than in the last eight years than anybody than John Calipari. Um, the whole league is going to be Duke and Kentucky players in five years, like if unless John Shire changes it up. But championship week and the NCAA tournament coming up. The next four weeks will be championship week, first round of the NCAA tournament, Sweet 16, Elite Eight, Final Four, National Championship. We'll Good try time. to fill you in Good as much as times. possible. Great times. The best time of the year. Fuck the Super Bowl. Fuck baseball. Get out of here. This has been a 50 milliliters production. Grab a shot. Crack a top.